0: lisa romeo
1: today we're going to be talking about energetic protection hello everybody and welcome to our final episode in our energetic anatomy series this episode we'll be talking about energetic protection which is a great tool to have uh, if we're feeling low on energy, uh, if we're feeling sick, or if we're feeling like something's just off about our energy system. It might be because we have a hole in our energy, some cords coming in, or we're uh, letting our energy out in some way. So we're going to cover today the techniques on how to deal with that, and I hope you find them useful
0: yeah, this is a interesting topic because I think, especially for empaths, which we've talked about in some previous shows, empaths are people who can feel how others are feeling in their body. So it can be overwhelming feeling just like you're I, I kind of explain it as it, when you walk into a room for the regular person, there might be a hundred points of stimulus. Oh, the room is hot, the TV's on. That's a pretty table. But for empaths, there's like a thousand points of stimulus in the room. there's That person is feeling anxious. Uh, That person might be having something they're avoiding that they're trying to cover up in their body. So when you're an empath, it just makes you more aware and open to energetic dynamics going on in a room. And sometimes that means we need extra forms of protection as well.
1: Yep. So uh, we're going to start with our tools for energetic protection, with our favorite tool of all time, which is soul work. And so soul work is energetic protection work. The more time we spend to get to know our own soul, the more sovereignty we have spiritually and also in our physical world relationships. And this is because it builds our self-confidence in who we really are. We become impenetrable in our sense of our true self.
0: I think that's a really important point. This could be kind of the motto of this whole podcast is that the ultimate protection is being your true self and what your true self is, is you as love. So we could really spiral out with like, how do we protect ourselves or that person's astrally attacking me or my mom keeps trying to control my life and be in reaction and resistance to all these external influences or... We could take a moment to center and ground to love, and remember that our true strength is just in reconnecting to our heart.
1: Yeah. So I wanted to start out with using the metaphor of a bully. So what I'm going to try to uh, make an image of or picture for you guys is of one where of the energetic exchange we have for with people, and how sometimes we lose our sense of self and our energy if we are not in good relationship with that. So if we think about a bully, if a bully starts taunting or mocking another kid and they have, and that kid has no sense of who they really are, they may believe whatever the bully tells them. Even if they don't consciously accept what the bully is saying, it may plant an unconscious seed in their thoughts, a self-doubt. If a bully tells another kid they are stupid, and even if the kid doesn't take their word for it, they may now wonder, wait, am I stupid? So we're losing our connection to ourself through what somebody else is saying, basically is the summary of that. So if a kid doesn't have a sense of their own soul, they might start losing that sense of self and get more and more energetically porous or disconnected from themselves. So a good way to understand what the bully is doing energetically and emotionally is by reframing what at bullying as dominance behavior. The bully who is, wounded, who is probably wounded themselves has their own self-doubts, and they're trying to spread self-doubt. And this is a defense mechanism to stay on top. The bully's meta motive is, if I'm insecure, I have to make others even more insecure than I am. So I can stay in control of the social situation. So I can dominate and I can stay on top. If I'm the alpha of the situation, I'll never have to face my own feelings because I'm making all the calls. And I wanted to use this example because this happens to us all the time, even as adults. Dominance behavior is everywhere.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good example. And some of you might be thinking, well, why are we talking about bullies? But bully is kind of a strong word, but. Bully energy can happen in subtle situations too. A lot of times when I'm doing a session, especially in work environments with people, I can see almost like a runt bully dynamic happening in group, uh, in different groups. Like if there's a group meeting at work and it's like the dominant belief is we should do the thing A, you know, option A. Um, and there can be a subtle energetic of if you say option B or you don't agree with me, like you will be dragged a little bit, maybe publicly in this room, but more likely like in gossip later at lunch or thrown under the bus at your next review. and
1: Are just not approved of by the others too. And so in that way, we are doing this energetic exchange where we're agreeing, we'll say, I will not speak my soul's truth to fit into the dominance behavior of this, this little clique here.
0: You know, and sometimes, uh, part of the energetic protection is actually reading the room and asking your soul, your intuition, is it safe to say this right now? I can actually remember a supervisor that I had that was a really controlling micromanager and he was a pretty bad supervisor at a counseling environment. And I remember he was leaving. It was, he was like leaving for another job and he was doing these kind of interviews on his way out of like, how do you feel like I've done, you know? And, um, He's, oh, God, I hate this. Yeah, it, I forget the name of what that is, but <laughs> yeah. we were sitting alone in a room, and he's like, this is a safe place, Alisa. I'm really open to any critique you have of me. I'm complete." and I could feel, my, my soul was like, this is a trap, mayday, mayday. Do yeah. not tell the truth, because it was very much like, I'm pretending it's this one thing, but if you do it, I will absolutely use this against you in your next letter of recommendation, or your next yeah. whatever, like That's what I'm going to tell the other managers. Yeah. And um.
1: And if you just went by the ego story without feeling the energetics, yeah. you would have just He's, maybe... he's asking, yeah. it's safe.
0: He's telling me it's safe. Yeah. So a sure thing. But it was like uh, that Red Riding Hood with the wolf, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> in disguise. So trust your intuition too. Part of protection is just trusting your instincts of what is actually safe and what's not safe. A lot of times if we're doing a new project, like a book or whatever, it's not that it's like unsafe, but you can just kind of tell, I'm not going to run my new ideas that are just budding in me like a new tree to like every person because they might not get it and they might say I don't get it and maybe I'm not strong enough yet in my own creation process to like handle criticism yet so and that's okay so just if you're doing a creative project just make sure you're not throwing yourself to the wolves
1: yeah I'd feel that sometimes with music you know I'd write this song that felt like really vulnerable and really real to me And if I shared it with the wrong people Mm -hmm. and they immediately jumped in with some critique or something, I would feel like my energy just got totally drained, like I'd feel defeated because I hadn't built up my soul resilience with that song to stand on my own two feet with first Mm -hmm. before I was ready to present it to these particular people. If it was somebody that was super supportive, then it would have been different. So just having that intuitive discernment of, Who is safe to be ourselves with and who do we need to, you know, keep at an arm's length for now. So, uh, you know, example of this dominant behavior and other things is like if we have a friend where we feel like we can feel there's this energy that's like we have to act a particular way. And if we don't act this way, they won't be our friend. So that's a form of energetic dominance again. And that friend might not be conscious of what they're doing. This might be an unconscious thing for them, but it's still a reality.
0: I think that's such a common one I'm thinking of. I see that a lot in like middle school girls, especially. I think I can feel it with boys with like peer pressure too. Of usually like testing each other to do like, you know, chicken, you know, like, can you do this thing? But I can I can even think of sessions I've had with clients in their 20s and early 30s where there's still a group dynamic with like especially their female friends of like this is the unconscious agreement that this group has uh, agreed to and if you rock this like you will be ostracized yeah um and it's it can be subtle things like where we take our yearly girls trip to mexico or or just little things where they're like well my intuition tells me like i don't want to do that and let's do something different but they will be like really blasted for that
1: I think when we talk about energetic protection it's it's easy to think black and white like Mm -hmm. oh man I need to be on my you know game all the time I need to always be protected but not all the time you know we all have our shit we all do little weird things to each other so it's just you know taking that moment to intuitively dial and be like is that that one thing this person said do I really agree with that do I disagree with that do I really want to you know agree to this behavior or not
0: And I think what we agreed for this show is instead of just kind of like potentially tripping out about... Protecting yourself from entities, like what we're talking about is connecting to love no matter what's around you. Whether you're 10 years old and that's like a bully on the playground or whether you're alone at night and you feel a spirit in the room, it's kind of all the same thing. It's actually the same techniques work. It's the same thing of just finding your sovereignty and finding your power, finding your soul, finding love. So this is kind of in some ways out there conversation, but it's also kind of like a really simple conversation of just like where do you feel safe? Where do you find your power? What reminds you of the home of you and how, and what brings you back there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's uh if you work on your worldly relationships, you're working on your otherworldly relationships. Like we said in our podcast about chakras, as uh below so above, there's this feeling of if you are doing your work with your physical world relationships, you're also doing that work energetically and spiritually.
0: Another way of saying that is if you have boundary issues in the 3D, you're going to have boundary issues in the fourth dimension, the astral dimension. So um, if this makes no sense to you, don't worry about it. Just listen to this conversation in terms of physical world protection. But if you're somebody who's energetically sensitive, astral traveling, remote viewing, you also know what we're talking about that if you have issues with trying to get approval from your mother, you might have issues with entities when you're astral traveling as well because it's the same thing, right? The root is, are you enough or are you looking externally for who you are?
1: Yeah. And the reason I started with that whole power dominance metaphor is because, you know, I had some chance to think about what I was going to say on this podcast. I kind of made Elisa jump in here after a session. But I went on a walk and I thought about what I really wanted to say about this. And I realize there's so many books written about energetic protection. So a lot of people, when they're waking up to their psychic abilities and intuitive abilities, they you know, they go down the avenue of, oh my gosh, spirits exist, energy exists, cords exist. Now I really need to protect myself all the time. And it kind of is nerve-wracking. And I think why that is is because it's it's kind of scary to wake up to your intuitive abilities. It's kind of scary on the idea of, that we could get courted by somebody else. It's also kind of scary to hear intuitive information we might not want to hear. Or
0: that you're not as alone as you might have thought you were. Um, And I think when Adam's (laughs) saying it's scary, it's it's a developmental process. Because it's scary sometimes at first, but as you adjust to that knowing and awareness, then you find your sea legs and understand where love is in any dimension. So ultimately it makes you even more safe than you might've felt before you woke up to it.
1: Absolutely. So it's just an adjustment to a new reality. But I would say that if we're coming to energetic protection to trying to figure out these tools from a place of fear or our, yeah, that, that adjustment to the new reality thing that, that, we might be already, you know, shooting ourselves in the foot or whatever that yeah, expression is. Yeah, and there's
0: a lot of that um, on YouTube, and you can find so many people that just trip out for the rest of their life about crazy entities, you know, reptilians, whatever you want to call it, just like weird stuff. And, and so
1: many techniques, like so many. Yeah, you know, and
0: it's like you don't who has need time to do all. You those. don't. That's a waste of your soul's time on this planet to spend your entire life building a fortress to something that you'll never have to deal with unless you're attracting it purposely by building fortresses. (laughs) You know, I think a lot of times a lot of those people get more and more paranoid because of the law of attraction. So it's like if you're spending your whole life working on um, resisting darkness, guess what that invites? More darkness to resist. So it's like we can do that trip or we could just anchor into love and be like, what's the best use of me? For love on the planet
1: yeah so the reason I've been dragging you guys through this bully metaphor is I wanted to bring up this guy Brooke Gibbs who's a educator and he's a great coach about bullying and why I wanted to bring him up is because he talks about the power exchange in bullying so if one bully comes to another kid and he's like you stink and the kid's like shut up. No, you stink. And the, and the bully might say like, your face is ugly. The kid says, no, I hate you. You can kind of feel how the kid is losing his power as he's becoming reactive to these things. So my first thing I always tell people with energetic protection is try to get out of that reactive behavior. If we're worried about so paranoid about losing our energy that we start doing things out of reactive behavior, we're kind of already going into it. Not so great, but If that kid knows who he is, let's just pretend he's done his soul work and he's completely uninfluenced by the bullies. Can you you say just a
0: little more about what that would look like if you're an 11-year-old kid about knowing your soul? Because some people might not know what that means. What's an 11-year-old kid who knows who he is? Like, what does that look like or feel like?
1: Yeah, I would say... It's just not being influenced by others. It's, you know, I think when you're, why I brought up 11, that age, is I think it's a really difficult age because you're going through such a developmental curve and you're really discovering kind of who you are as your individual. So I would say when I see kids that are really strong in their soul essence and know who they are, there's just this feeling of like they're just going to be them no matter what.
0: That's what I think it is too, just accepting their quirks too yeah. as as just part of them it doesn't have to mean that they feel like they like every single thing about themselves every single moment of the day and they don't have moods or anything but i think it's a general acceptance of who they are as a person and their quirks and i think as parents it's like well, that's our main focus as parents is to constantly reflect the soul of the child in front of us of like we love you just the way you are. It's very Mr. Rogers, you are special, like no matter if whatever that is, however kind of quirky or Yeah, different. which is
1: always the message from our soul. Mm-hmm. Whenever we tune into our soul, our soul will be like, this is where you are strong and where nobody else can see how you're strong. This is how only your soul really knows how strong you are in your unique mannerism and quirks and whatever makes you, you. Mm-hmm. So in this other scenario, if the bully comes up and he's like, you stink, and the kid's like, oh, thanks. Thanks for letting me know. Or he's like, your face is ugly, and the kid's like, oh, your face looks like an angel. (laughs) Like, whatever his response is, you can feel there's just, oh, I'm not buying into your storyline. And I'm not going to let you determine how I know myself. And I think that's such a good metaphor for energetic protection. Because if we're feeling weird, if we're feeling our energy is drained, it can be as simply as like, no, I'm not going to engage with that today.
0: Yeah, oh. and I think what you're showing through that first example is the bully is kind of getting bigger and bigger through energetic food from the other person. Yeah, he's getting and energy. And yeah. in the second example, the kid is knows what the bully's trying to do, but he's just unfazed. He's Which, just like, yeah. I'm going to stay connected to some kind of grounding even if you're trying to get me to take this bait
1: yeah which brings us back to that just that having that energetic discernment so if you have that that ability like lisa was talking about with that guy with the job review like if you have your intuition on and you really know the meta message you're already 10 steps ahead of everybody else on the and so you can be you know energetically protected
0: and you know i just want to say too sometimes the kind of like more love and light crew when they're doing uh, counseling kids around bullies, they'll try to say things like, um, well, did you tell the bully that hurts my feelings? And honestly, you guys, that's kind of one of the worst things you can say to a bully <laughs> because they know that that's, what's getting them off. They're really excited about the fact they're hurting your feelings. Yeah. So if you come earnestly with like a, try to be, you know, healthily communicate on an egoic level, that's not the energy work you need to stop a bully. So when we tell our boys, like, of course, you don't want your kid to be, like, angry and, like, you know, become a little bully themselves. But I remember when my 11-year-old started school this year at a new school and one of the kids, he's in a new school where it's, like, the fifth and sixth graders and a sixth grader came up to him. One of his first days, like, your hair looks stupid. And he said back... Your hair doesn't look so good yourself. And when he told me that story... And then he just
1: walked away. And he just
0: walked away. Like, uh, he was unfazed. He's not, like, reactive. He's not going to start a fight with this other kid. When he told me that, I was actually really energetically proud of him because if someone's coming at you to start a fight, it's like he stood his ground, but he didn't engage. He wasn't like, I'm letting that bother me where I want to, like, talk about beating you up after school. He actually de-escalated it, but with a comment that's like, Don't bother me. Like, I'm not the kid you actually want to put on your radar to keep picking on every day. And he didn't. The kid was done. He didn't. But if he had said something like, when you say that, that hurts my feelings. I bet that kid would have come the next day and the next day yeah. and the next day. Um, and it is
1: about how he said it. you know? Yeah, so it's, it's the so much energy about of how you say not it. Not what you say, but how you say it. So yeah. I think a lot of the time when you're saying, hey, you hurt my feelings, you're saying it from an energetic place of, wow, you really had dominance over me and it made me feel really terrible. So mm-hmm. you're just confirming the story. The bowling's like, great. Yeah. That's exactly what I was planning on doing.
0: And I talk all the time to clients who get on the radar of a manager at work that has some unconscious bully energy. They're not yeah. saying your hair looks stupid, but they're like, well, your numbers were a little low again, so guess what? You know." And it's not really about the numbers. The numbers can be higher than someone else, but for some reason they're on the radar, and it's because they've gotten to a – a bully runt dynamic constellating each other energetically at work and so i help them get off the radar because it's there's strategic things you've got to say and do to kind of move from being attacked in yeah. that way and it can become a group think situation where then the gossip in this in the office goes all over. And now everyone's kind of picking that person. I've talked to people who really have lost their jobs over these yeah. weird energetic dynamics that has nothing to do with their performance or. Yeah, communication
1: Happens all the time. You know, I think. Energetic protection is less about putting up these walls and more just about energetic strategy. Yeah. It's just about being smart. You know, it's like if an intruder walked into your house, you wouldn't say it hurt my feelings when you <laughs> walked into my house. or you wouldn't you know, it just feels like being having that certain to be like, no, you're not allowed here. Like, no, you're not allowed in my personal space in my sovereignty and we need to have some extent of that to get by in this world you know and
0: depending on how dangerous the situation you can do anything it takes to kind of change the vibe i remember once watching a french fresh Prince of Bel-Air episode when yeah. I was young, and it was uh, Will Smith talking, he was pretending, he was talking about some kind of scary crazy guy who came up to him, and he's like, you just act even crazier, <laughs> like you're like, hey, get out of my face, and you yep. do this like really crazy, just acting almost like mentally ill, and <laughs> um, and I thought, you know, that's kind of genius, you know, yeah. the, it's like trusting your instincts in a moment if you do feel at danger of just like doing whatever you need to do to strategically yeah. change the vibe.
1: That's a great thing for people that are probably into our podcast that are probably already considered weird out there crazy people yeah. and so we probably get a lot of that shit you know we probably get a lot of people in our lives that are like okay mm-hmm. you're doing your thing talking about souls over there just being like oh yeah i also talk to ghosts you know just oh, yeah. just coming out with it and just being like this is just who i am There was a a period
0: of time on my Facebook header that I had changed it. People were like, woo-woo, you're into the woo-woo. And I just made my tagline, put in the woo and woo-woo because it was like, let's just take it and run with it because it's like, that's not hurting my feelings.
1: Yeah. So I think we could just do... But that being said, we all are humans and we all have vulnerable days, you know? There's, you know, some days I... Go out into our little community, and I feel like I'm ready to come at anybody with whatever they're giving me because I'm just really feeling connected to my soul and I can trust my intuitive guidance that day. And then some days I'm like, I didn't sleep well. I feel like shit. I just uh, am in a bad mood. And so I will do little energetic techniques so I don't have to, you know, think about it so much. So we also provide people just. And an energetic tool belt of protection tools that they can use at any time.
0: And don't underestimate sunglasses and noise canceling headphones because you know what? We really, for MPAS, that's a major one. If we're going for a walk around the park, when I make eye contact with someone, I start like feeling their soul and talking to their soul and soul birthing them. So, sunglasses or like in an airplane, when you put on sunglasses and headphones, you're saying, I'm not talking to you. I'm in my own little world. And it's not like that's energetic protection, like they're attacking you. But sometimes you just want your space and to connect to yourself. So, Well, I think
1: that brings me to our first technique, which I say the first technique is just change your vibe. So if you are in a a vibe where something went down at work or you're just feeling uh, crummy about something – just do something enjoyable you know alisa sometimes if i'm in a weird energetic spot will be like you just got to watch some afv right now or some funny youtube america's videos. funniest yeah. videos just something to like make it more light and or take some time for your soul go on a walk that's just you and your soul try da- dialoguing with your soul soul journal do soul work every day so just changing your vibe so you're aligned with soul is the first thing i walking always in nature people. is yeah. huge Like if you're introvert, I need more time to myself than Elisa does because she's an extrovert. So also just taking that time being like, if I'm going to feel really grounded in my soul, I'm going to need, you know, 15 minutes by myself right now. So that's that's our first step. And our uh, I guess we'll go over some techniques and I'll come back to this other other one later because that feels like the most powerful one. Yeah. So do you want to talk about the color? Yeah. exercise.
0: So we talked before about going more into detail in the series about energetic separations. So as sensitive HSPs, highly sensitive people are empaths. A common thing is to, I call it losing your reality where you don't even know how you feel anymore because you're so aware of how everybody else feels and what everybody else wants. So you can just start the pros and cons list in your head of, should I this? Should I that? Should I this? Should I that? Instead of kind of like, what do I feel? So if you're ever in that, and as an empath, it's just general energetic hygiene. A good practice to get into is doing a check-in of people throughout the day or that you've talked to, especially if you're in an argument. Is that person in my energy right now? Especially if you can't stop thinking about someone over and over. This is great for ex-boy or girlfriends when you're just like, I know we're not right. I'm like over it. I cut the cords, but I'm thinking about them. You might want to check if there in your space energetically and what that is is you just do a little meditation my power reset meditation walks you through this this We're, is on the on my website freebies, it's a guided sorry. meditation mm-hmm. and and you just do a check of is let's say i'll use a dad example is my dad in my space and then i do a scan what color would i feel or see my dad as i'm going to say blue And then you can check, oh, he's a little bit behind my left eye. He's in my elbow. He's behind my kneecap. Okay, hi, dad. Now I'm going to send you back with love. So with love energy, not like a get the hell out of here energy, but you're just going to be like, I'm sending you back to your soul. So you can see a little bubble of where their soul is. You can also do this with spirits that have crossed over. They don't have to be on the physical plane and location. So you can just send them back to their core energy. And then the second part of energetic separations is calling yourself back. So is any part of your energy over dad's soul or anywhere else? Little little soul retrieval. Is your energy at the post office or at the grocery or anywhere? You kind of do a scan. Where have I left my energy through the day? And then what color do I feel like? I feel like a plum kind of aubergine color. And then I'm going to call my energy back. And you can all just set the intention all time and space and pull it in through your seventh chakra. So it's like a nice little receiving yourself back as energy.
1: Sometimes I like to do just a flush of my system. I'll ask my soul, what color do you want to use to represent me, my soul? I usually get like a royal blue color. And then I will just imagine that throughout my whole body. So even if I'm not feeling energetically corded, that just makes me feel grounded and present in myself.
0: And something also that's really good for energetic separations and protection is just grounding. So when you do your grounding cords, that's free on my site, too, about how to ground. Um, Another thing a lot of people like to do before they go to sleep is grid the house or your property. So you just imagine gold cords from the top of your head going to the four corners of your house or your room, and then from the top of the house straight down to the center of the planet. So it's like a circus tent where you're going from your head up to the corners and then down. And you can even do that to corners of your property. Um, And what you're doing is you're setting a container of safe space of which to fall asleep and kind of feel really relaxed within.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So another reason why it can be good to do some of these energetic techniques... Oh,
0: I should add one more thing to that. You can also paint any kind of energy you want to add on top of the grid. So some people like to paint like light turquoise blue for energetic amusement so you can have like a fun vibe in your house or you can do a light pink for like a rose quartz of like heart opening and protection you can do um, sometimes people do almost like a picture of a mirror on the outside of the grid so anything that's coming at you is reflected back out that's a nice protection one
1: yeah And it's less about the color and more about your relationship to the color. So Mm -hmm. you can ask yourself, what color feels like amusement to me or feels like love, which this is funny to do even outside of energetic protection stuff. Just like if the vibe is weird and you're at your party paint imagine painting some blue so what you're doing is you're putting the intention in the color then energetically imagining throughout the room and it's through your intention that you're doing the energy work
0: all energy work comes through intention and you're doing these kind of energetic magic spells and that happens through how much you're focusing your will on playing in your imagination with what you want to have happen
1: yeah so another uh reason that sometimes Elise and I need to do some energetic cleanup is because we're doing psychic sessions all day long. So we are, you know, very much using that, our sixth and seventh chakra, having them wide open so we can get information and and use that. But sometimes in the evenings, we need to close that down because we might be getting more information. We might be engaging with people on the astral realm when we just want a calm, nice evening. So this is also very helpful for people that are just waking up their intuitive abilities because sometimes you start getting psychic information you can't stop you're like, oh man! Now I'm getting psychic information about my neighbor I don't want. Now I'm going to sleep and I feel weird spirits around. So just shutting down those chakras can be really helpful. So can I
0: give an example of that? Because yeah. you know what? Yesterday, um, I did a session with a very sweet man whose grandpa had died in a concentration camp. And when he came to me as a spirit, he started sending me images of we were looking at how did he die because he actually didn't know because his dad went or grandpa went off to the camp and then you know never heard from him again. So he was showing me very disturbing images of his time in the camp and then how he actually died so when i got off that call so intense it was very intense and when i got yeah. off the call i was crying i was emotionally really upset about humanity and how evil it can be and stupid and all that and and looking at the soul lessons that that soul is going through in his lifetime but so first here's a good example of how you can kind of and it's a nice extreme example of like what did I do to feel normal again one vented to Adam just about how I was feeling not the details of the call but just like what I was experiencing in terms of humanity feelings so I vented that and then number two started to energetic separations with the spirit so that I felt very just like I could start to turn down the psychic information. Three, shift the vibe. So then we got outside and just started playing with our boys. And just that really brings you into the present moment of like enjoying life again. I'm here in this moment. I'm not back astrally in this camp. Um, And then four, just kind of letting, understanding that time too will heal. Like just through the night knowing I still felt a little weird for a while, but that I knew that just time in itself was going to shift the vibe. And then by the time I went to bed, I I actually slept great last night, and it was totally fine.
1: And so what also we can do is you imagine the chakras. uh, I might have you explain this one a little bit more. So can you talk about closing the the top chakra chakra and the sixth one?
0: Yeah, so if you want to get less visuals – when Adam and I were first together, we were we had our spiritual opening happen a lot on a, on a new visual level together. So we were seeing spirits a lot in the evening. So you just imagine your, your chakra again is kind of looks like a waffle cone and it the point is in to your head and you have them in the front and the back. So you imagine the outside of the edge, uh, the big part of the waffle cone, and you just shrink it down to like the size of a sugar cone. So you're basically just... Closing down your chakra a little bit so that you're not overwhelmed. And you can do that with the sixth chakra visuals if you're seeing a lot. And the seven chakras downloads if you're just kind of like, I just know this being is here. Um, for me, I often pee in the middle of the night and I would just not want to see spirits. So um, I'll just shut down my sixth at night because I'd much rather kind of feel a loving spirit is around than actually see it visually it can be shocking to the ego to like, you know, physically see it.
1: Yeah, and, you know, that's our day job. We want our time <laughs> yeah, off. <laughs>
0: we want our time off. So
1: so it's just it's just bringing down your antenna. So you're just not receiving random information you don't want to be receiving. And so you can f- focus on the information you want to receive and, you know, uh, dialing it down.
0: Talking about dialing it down, that's another really great technique, and I'll do that with kids. Like my boys, that's a great one to use for anyone. Um, so everything has an energy, right? So, and if we're going to bed, every emotion has an energy. So you're trying to fall asleep and let's say you're all amped up from something dramatic that happened at work or whatever. I'll usually have people check in. If, you're, if your energy was a tone, a pitch, what would it be? And when you're stressed out, it'd probably be like an ee- like kind of an irritated higher t- pitch. And then, well, what's the energy we need to fall asleep? What vibe, what kind of tone, what does that sound like? And that might be more like a, oh, like way lower. So what you imagine, you can do this with kids is how do you feel emotionally to make it as a sound. And if you can like a pitch, and then we're going to turn it down. You're going to imagine in your head, like a old school radio, there's like a dial And we're just going to turn the volume or the pitch down. So instead of a high-pitched squeal, it's going to just go, hee. Yeah,
1: I do this all the time.
0: And that's a great one if you're auditory. And and Adam's very much all about music, so he hears everything in terms of tone. It's good if you have tinnitus. There's people who have the constant ringing in your ears that can actually start to shift that pitch through setting the power of intention and then like turning the dial and it's really great for kids when they're falling asleep because they're hyper they can't explain their hyper they don't know how to put words to what that is but if you start playing it with your imagination through visualizations or these types of like putting sound to the energy that gives them a tool to kind of engage with it and shift it
1: yeah so it's just finding the The imagery that works for you. I want to say one more thing about
0: kids at night too because another thing that's really great for kids if we're talking about energetic protection because a lot of little kids especially if they're, you know, it's hard for all kids to like learn to fall asleep. Sleeping is really like a learned thing and I always think about it as like falling asleep you're preparing yourself to be safe enough to fall asleep because it is about surrendering into this new state um so sleep issues are always about do you feel safe enough to to do that and so the first step with any kind of sleep issues with kids is upping the safety so what do they need to feel safe to go to sleep do they need a nightlight do they need music in the background going or a sound machine but for our boys who are both energetically sensitive and psychic like there was, a, there was really a particular time with our older son where he got really scared about spirits. And we talk a lot about how all kids' books are like, but ghosts aren't real, so don't worry, kids. And we're always like, uh, but that's not true. Well, and- they
1: start off like... There's a scary ghost. Oh, it was just your imagination. It's not true. And that's, it's amazing how repetitive that is. We have so many books that just. So many kids' uh, shows, too. It's
0: it's a very common theme. And I think the intention is good of don't be scared. But when you have a psychic kid opening and you don't want to shut down their intuition, it's not great because. It's like, mm, guess what, guys? This is actually real. And Well, they're know,
1: afraid, and then you're just telling them they're making true. it up. And I think that can be consoling to some extent, but it's not consoling if you really are getting accurate information, and now you have to pretend something's not I mean, happening. I it's tricky
0: with kids because sometimes kids are just dramatic and they're not actually seeing a spirit, but they're just scared of the dark or they're just scared of the unknown. And yeah. so it's kind of piecing out what's actually a psychic thing and then what's actually just like... Doesn't want to go to sleep or, you know, scared of the dark. So um, so it helped with our boy when he was younger to give him his own little lavender spray and we called it monster spray. And we're just like, if you're scared at night, you get up and you take the spray and you like spray it at the monster or under your bed. And it's la- and it just had some lavender in it. And honestly, it could be water because I think lavender is great, too, for like helping you go to sleep. But it was it's more about calming. the empowerment of like, listen, this is your tool we might not even be in the room. You can choose when you use it. If you wake up in the night at two in the morning, you're scared, grab your spray and spray it. It's giving them a way to channel the anxiety into action and into the power of intention, which is I clear this room. This is my room. This is my sovereign space. And I'm going to feel safe and peaceful within it. So anything that helps, you can use your imagination as wild as you want to get to like think of tools with kids that work with their personality that help them to feel really, really safe and peaceful in their bedrooms. Yeah.
1: And what you're doing there is you're giving him something physical in which he can send the intention through. Crystals
0: are great, too. Yeah. I mean, just having a little grid that's like, no, this is your thing or, yeah. or having a little prayer for your angels to protect and watch over you. Of course, little white light meditations and covering them in white a lot light of are people helpful. Use
1: sage um and again i there might be special qualities about sage but it's also about the intention you're doing with the sage and there might be you know special qualities about the crystal but the intention you're using it for and
0: we're big fans of sage by the way we i mean we use it all time <laughs> we i believe in the power of sage our yeah. um our friend jonas elrod has this wonderful movie wake up which we highly recommend and it's about his journey of kind of awakening to his spiritual connection and abilities and there's a funny scene yeah do you want to tell that story? Sure.
1: But what we love about the movie is Jonas is. This is a documentary. He's very by the relatable. Way. And so he's just going through his experience, and he was kind of like. We, I think me and him have some similar things where we were like very unrelated to this world and then suddenly woke up to him and we're like what the heck is happening here so there's this one scene where he wakes up he can't sleep because he's seeing spirits and experiencing psychic information and then he, he gets up and he just starts saging the room he's like I didn't believe in this stuff but damn it works because he's just seeing the, Watching spirits, the spirits walk go away, away from, as so. he is saging yeah. so it is it is useful that tool so, anyways, I think the conclusion of our podcast is really energetic protection is at first about changing your vibe, getting in alignment with your soul, feeling love, feeling the love of your soul in your heart. You can change your vibe through saying grateful, so looking at photos of your kids, connecting to things that you love and are joyful. And then it's just about being strategic. So, you can use some of these techniques. Uh, you can do physical world action like sage and crystals or turn on lights and watch videos. And and that that's it because it's all you have the power in your soul already.
0: And last but not least, one of the most powerful tools that I've ever used is basically it's this Powerful heart meditation, which is that if you ever feel scared at night and you ever just can't go to sleep or just overwhelm, whether it's a spirit or just something you're stressed out about at work, you can just move your energy from your head down into your heart. So you're moving your consciousness into the center of your heart. And if there's something in front of you as a spirit, too, you put your hand out like a stop, like no to the entity. And you just say three times with clarity and conviction and sovereignty. I am in my heart. There is nothing for you here. I am in my heart. There is nothing for you here. I am in my heart. There is nothing for you here. And the, th- the rule of three helps because you're really getting clear on it for yourself and the other being. And then also
1: you're working up to getting authentic with your intention. Sometimes it takes us a few tries before we can really speak it from our soul.
0: And then you don't say it more than three because then you're like, and now I've done it. And then you just hold that power and intention and that's kind of a good metaphor for anything we're doing if our boss is attacking at us work if there's a bully on the playground God, i'd love to really do
1: that to somebody it's just like at work <laughs> hold up my hand and be like there's nothing for you here and,
0: and that's yeah if you can actually do that energetically yeah. um it will work mm-hmm. no matter what, who the bully is or no matter how guised their manipulation is if your energetic intention and strategy is i'm coming back to my heart and connecting in go mess with someone else because you're not going to get a reaction out of me and you're not going to get a fight out of me yeah, i'm too I connected to, to myself to buy into your
1: reality yeah so thanks everybody for listening we're we're glad we got this podcast out there and next week we will have a special surprise guest thanks so much <laughs>